It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. We're Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. The Athletics' Matt Schneidman is on the show today. He is going to help us preview free agency, which as of now will go on as scheduled on Monday. But a lot can change between when you're hearing this and when I'm recording it and Sunday. And the reason a lot can change is because the NFL will know whether or not it has a new collective bargaining agreement, which will fundamentally change the trajectory of free agency because of what it allows teams to do and not do when it comes to the way contracts are structured. The other thing is there was at least some speculation from Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, and others that the NFL could end up delaying free agency. They say that the draft for now is on as scheduled, but that the NFL could delay free agency because of everything going on with the coronavirus. We started seeing late in the week teams say, we are not going to put our coaches and front office staff at risk. So coaches were called back. Scouts were called back. This is the normal time of year when they are out there pro day scouting and talking to people, talking to college coaches, and trying to get a feel for the prospects in this draft. It is also time to do research and and potential background work on free agents. That work cannot be done to the same extent if teams are not out on the road. There were some teams middle of the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, we started to get reports that teams were doing this. Once the NBA suspended the season, it created this trickle-down effect where NFL teams felt an urgency, and, and I think everyone started to feel a little bit more urgency. The more news we get, the more numbers climb as it relates to COVID-19, the more restrictions are placed on public activity in New York. They took the incredible step of closing Broadway 
of theaters, of over 500 people, of gatherings, that, that step and all of these steps, the, the aggregate collection of all of the responses to this has incited these actions from the league and free agency can happen from phone, from digital, via fax. You can do most of that. But the Packers, they came out this week with, at first the statement was, we're monitoring the situation. And then the statement became, we are actually taking action. The Packers closed their front-facing businesses, so the Hall of Fame, the atrium, all of the stuff in Titletown, that stuff has been closed for the, for the time being to protect the public and to protect Packers staff and employees. They also ended travel, um, at least non-essential travel. They've, they've suggested that those who can stay home and work from home do so, and teams are starting to take this more seriously. The question becomes... Does it make sense to have free agency if players need to come to facilities to get the team's approval from a physical standpoint? In order for any contract in free agency to be valid, it requires a player to pass a physical. This is one of the reasons the Packers got Bashad Breland is he had signed a nice deal, a three-year, $24 million deal with Carolina and an infection in his foot caused him to fail that physical, the contract voids, and no one signed him because he couldn't pass a physical for weeks. The Packers ultimately got him early in the season because he'd been on the streets, unable to pass, not literally on the streets, but he'd been available because he was unable to pass a physical. If teams can't get players in-house to do that because players don't want to travel or because teams have said, we're not going to make you travel, Can they get around this? Now, my position would be find a local doctor who who is certified, who is a sports medicine expert. Most of these players work out in major metro areas. They have access. You can have free agency because these players can go and and get sign-off without having to go to the team. You rob the team of a photo op, but who cares? To protect people, that is worth doing. Now, what I'm surprised has happened is the NFL has not come out and said there will be no NFL draft in Las Vegas. There will be no fan parties. There will be no players here. They haven't said that, and they could. Ian Rappaport came out with a report on Thursday saying the NFL is monitoring all of this. It's it's deciding. It's, it is co- consulting. They're having internal discussions. Okay, that's fine, but it seems flat-out reckless to even continue to operate under the assumption that there could be hundreds of thousands of people there. And if the NFL is correct in its projections that hundreds of thousands will go to Las Vegas or will be in Las Vegas, I'm sure plenty of the fans they expect to come to the draft will be people who are already in Vegas. That means the plans for those people you're expecting, if you're expecting over three days, 700,000 people, then you expect tens of thousands at least to have booked flights, booked hotels, booked reservations at restaurants, all this, all the planning that goes into this. We're now less than six weeks away from the draft, and the league is still operating under the assumption that this is going to happen, or at least the public perception is the NFL has not come out and said this isn't happening. And if you want to talk about fringe effects here, 
if if you're uh, the kind of fan who is still on the fence about the seriousness of this, which, by the way, you should not be, if those fans exist, they are using this. And you might think I'm overreacting. This is 100% happening right now in homes in America. The NFL has not said, don't come to Vegas. And so those people are going, well, then I'm going. I'm going to Vegas. And a lot of those people are probably still going to go to Vegas even if the NFL comes out in a week, two weeks, and says no fans. A lot of those people are still going to travel against the advice of just about every major medical professional in the country and now in the world. That is a precarious situation for the NFL to be in. And you know, some of you got mad at me for, for bagging on the NFL about this. They're still more or less silent on this. And the fact that they have not come out and said, we're not doing this anymore, is, is telling. And it is also a problem to me as someone who works in sports media. I know people at ESPN. I know people at NFL Network. They're going to fly hundreds of staff across the country, putting them at risk and, and putting the, the population around them at, at risk as p- potential vectors of this virus to do a draft that fans can't come to. So if the fans can't come, why are we doing Vegas? Why is that happening? Why not just let everyone stay home, which is what most companies are already having their employees do. There's no reason for NFL employees, team employees, anyone to fly across the country to do this. There's no reason to have media fly across the country to do this. I mean, you could do this from Slack for crying out loud. You could have a Google Hangout and do the draft. I mean, fantasy football drafts around the world happen by internet. There's no reason, given the the current climate, for this to be taking place and the fact that the NFL has not already come out and said, we're not doing this anymore or we're making significant changes to this is, frankly, ridiculous. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's Killer Bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed-coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason. It tastes so stinking good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store. All right, let's get to our interview with Match Nyman to get into some real football talk because for now, we are operating under the assumption that free agency opens on Monday. So let's get to Matt Schneidman of The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Schneidman. Matt, thanks for coming back on Locked on Packers. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So you wrote a couple weeks ago about your predictions for the offseason. And one piece in particular, one little nugget, got got really picked up and and reported widely. And, and you even had to go on Twitter and say, hey, I, I didn't quite say that. Can you just for our listeners, explain your position on the Packers and Brian Bulaga. 
Yeah, so uh, in Indianapolis, I talked to some people and reported that, well, I didn't come out and say, you know, according to a source, this and this, because it was told to me on background, um, if I'm being just open and honest with how it sure. happened. But from everything I heard and I learned, I would bet my money if I were a betting man on Brian Belaga signing elsewhere in free agency. And I don't think that's some hot take. And <laughs> I also think Jared Valdir will start the season at right tackle. I think there's a mutual interest there for him to be back, given how uh, his, his second half of last season went and how he played in place of Bulaga, not only in Week 17, but also uh, against the Seahawks in the wildcard round. I think there's interest from both parties to, to get something done. But yeah, someone, the blue checkmark brigade was reporting or was saying that I reported that Bulaga's not coming back which is not what I said, but um, it would surprise me if he was back. I know there have been some reports out there that his uh, salary is probably going to be around $12 million, which is too much for the Packers anyway, given their cap restrictions and uh, their ne several needs elsewhere. But all I was saying is that my best educated guess was that he would not be back and Jared Valdir will start the season at right tackle. Right. Educated in this case, meaning people told you things. And that's Correct. how that's not how this me, not just me guessing. Right. Exactly. Um, I, I, I appreciate that very much because I think that's important clarity to get. That said, while Brian Belaga will be expensive, that's not to say the Packers are going to sit on their hands in free agency. Um, they've been connected to guys like Austin Hooper, Corey Littleton and Nick Kwiatkowski. Um, for, for your part, you know, Nick Kwiatkowski has been someone that I believe in your piece you also mentioned, um, and Shale Kapadia for The Athletic also mentioned as someone who the Packers could be targeting this offseason. Yeah, I think when it comes to inside linebackers, I think we all know Blake Martinez isn't going to be back, and I don't think the Packers are satisfied with the internal options they have, those being B.J. Goodson, since he's really more of a run, run stuffer, a decent one, and that – I think they'll re-sign him for cheap, but, you know, Curtis Bolton, Ty Summers, Oren Burks, none of those guys would be upgrades over Blake Martinez uh, or get the Packers anywhere near where they didn't make last year, which is the Super Bowl. So I think, you know, they could go the draft if a guy like Patrick Queen, Kenneth Murray falls to the end of the first round. Um, but I don't know how comfortable Goody and LaFleur and Mike Pettin would be with a rookie in the middle of that defense in such an important role. So that's why I think it's probably more likely they target a guy like Kwiatkowski who uh, would probably be cheaper than a Schobert or a Littleton or a Kyle Van Noy and still get the job done for you. You know, Aaron Rodgers name dropped him before the Packers played the Bears last year. And he probably did the smart thing and didn't pronounce his name like I probably just botched it. But I think he is a, an, an option that could be cheaper than Blake Martinez while giving you much of the same. Austin Hooper was a name, uh, to, to my recollection, the first big name, at least, connected to the Packers. Um, and, and I'll be honest, I was pretty surprised at first. I mean, I, I think eventually I understood the, the wisdom of what they were trying to do there. Was when you saw that or when you heard that, you know, maybe it is something that, that you heard, um, again, on background or something like that. Did, does that surprise you that they would have interest there? No, not really. 
I mean, I'll put it this way, and maybe this is taking a cop out with a general answer. I mean, there, and you know this, you've been around long enough. There's so many rumors and so much buzz going around. You don't know what someone tells you, if it's leverage for them or they're trying to create the narrative for their guy. Sure. Like I've had people tell me, you know, the Packers could be really interested in player X, but I check with someone else and that's just not the case. I mean, so I think the hardest part for us during this this rumor season is trying to sort through what's true and what's not. But that does make sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the the name that that really jumped out in that Shale Kapadia piece that I mentioned for the Athletic was um, Michael Brockers because that was not a name that that we've heard at least reported in terms of the the Packers' interest. But it is certainly a player who could help Green Bay's run defense. You can play him next to Kenny Clark. He can play end or interior. Uh, in in the Packers scheme, it, it seems like that would be a bigger priced interior defensive lineman, though. Is that still something that you think, given the Packers cap situation, that could be workable for them? I think so. I think an underrated need on this team, I, I don't want to say underrated because everyone remembers what happened in the NFC Championship game, but a guy like Michael Brockers, you know, let's say they want to make a defensive tackle their biggest spending in free agency? Do they go for a guy like Javon Hargrave? Like, we just don't know. And I think the Packers finished 23rd in the league last year in rushing yards allowed per game. We saw what happened in the NFC Championship game. Uh, Even though Goody said the week after the season ended, you know, he's satisfied with who they have in-house on the defensive line. You know, watching Dean Lowry and Tyler Lancaster and Montrevious Adams this year, none of the – I would not be comfortable – relying heavily on any of them. Now, they're not going to bench Dean because of the extension they signed him to before last preseason or before uh, training camp last year. But mm-hmm. aside from Kenny Clark, you know, maybe you can hold your hope out with Kingsley Kiki because he's a young guy, probably has more potential, uh, didn't get much time last year. But aside from Kenny Clark and Kingsley Kiki, I don't see how you can realistically look at that defensive line and say, you know, I'm confident this defensive line can stop the run and get us to a Super Bowl. So a guy like Brockers, a guy like uh, Javon Hargrave, whoever else there may be out there uh, as a run-stuffing defensive tackle, I, I I don't think you need to get a defensive tackle who can rush the passer too. Kenny Clark can do that. You know, Zedarius and Preston line up on the interior enough where they can do that. Get a guy who can stuff the run, who doesn't get pushed out of his gaps as easily as a Lowry and Lancaster did. Uh, this season more often than not. And I think that's an underrated need here, maybe even more so than than another wide receiver or another tight end. Yeah, and, and the Packers were doing their due diligence on, in particular, day two defensive linemen at the Combine. So that could also be a place that they look at in the drafts. I wanted to talk a little bit about the drafts with you because you were uh, in attendance for the Kenneth Murray um, press conference in India, I believe, and heard the mm-hmm. incredible the incredible story that he told. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, it was crazy. And, you know, I had never heard it before, but it turns out it had been reported on. So it was July of last year. He's driving on Oklahoma's campus with his girlfriend and a car in front of him, like, speeds ahead uh, through a red light and comes to a screeching halt near the sidewalk. So he kind of took a peek at what was going on, noticed a couple women screaming and panicking. One was bleeding from the head and unconscious. And he had learned CPR working as like a, a counselor at a youth camp that his family ran in Texas as a teenager, might've been 12. 
and you know I don't believe he had ever had to perform CPR but he had to on this woman who had been unconscious I don't think knew how she became unconscious or what happened to her but um, he said he got 60 to 70 pumps in which I would assume takes a couple minutes because it's not just like rapid fire pumps yep. um, according to my extensive knowledge of CPR that I don't have <laughs> but it's pretty incredible and like I know people are giving me crap on Twitter about I say wow he just told this story and people are like oh I just saved it for the combine but you know it's been reported on before and it was interesting mm -hmm. because he said the way people found out uh, after he left the scene quickly because he didn't want anyone to notice it was him. And in Norman, Oklahoma, Kenneth Murray is going to get noticed. Yep. Uh, a reporter from the student paper there, I think it's the OU Daily it's called, he was driving by and noticed Murray. So he asked the PR guy from the for the football team, you know, did this happen? And he went and checked with Murray and that's how it got out. And that's great reporting by that kid. I think his name's Caleb something. I want to give him the proper credit. But yeah, I mean, granted, you know, a good guy doesn't make a good football player, but especially this last season when we heard so much talk uh, around the Packers of how their locker room culture was better, how these guys like Zedarius Smith and Preston Smith changed the culture. You know, I, I do think that is important. And it seems like Kenneth Murray kind of follows that that bill right there. Yeah, and, and one of the things that we've learned about about Brian Gutekinst over the last few years that he's been in charge is he's willing to buck some of the trends that, that Ted Thompson set forth in his tenure in Green Bay. You mentioned the potential need for a receiver rel relative to you know the importance of a linebacker or a, a defensive lineman. Could this be the, the kind of draft, the kind of year that the Packers say, mm, a receiver in the first actually makes sense for us, we'd love – player X. And so we're going to take him. Certainly possible. Do I think it's going to happen? No, I think, uh, with how deep the draft is, I don't think there's as big of a drop off. If you take one in the second or third, as there would be, if you take your future right tackle or an inside linebacker in the second or third, as opposed to late in the first, mm -hmm. um, but if there's a guy like if T. Higgins slips, if Justin Jefferson slips, Henry Ruggs isn't going to slip. But if he slips, like I've written this before, and I th I'm not the only one to say it, but these next two, three, four years, the number one priority for Brian Gutekunst and his staff and Matt LaFleur are maximizing whatever Aaron Rodgers has left because yeah. you don't know how many more chances you're going to get where you're one game away from Super Bowl and would a – second capable wide receiver uh, have helped them beat the 49ers? No, but in the future it could. So I think that's why you have to prioritize, you know, finding that guy at right tackle, which is why I think uh, that's what I mocked there at pick number 30, the kid from USC, Austin Jackson. But I also think they will take a wide receiver and potentially sign one in free agency, but whatever combination it may be, they will, I believe, at a tight end and a wide receiver this offseason because it's really important to give Rodgers those weapons and not waste whatever he has left, which I still think is very substantial, which, as he said on the radio last week, nobody's beating me out anytime soon. <laughs> so as you, as we look forward here to you know the, the free agency opening next week, the legal tampering period, and then the league year opens, if you had to just project the, the one signing at the top of the Packers list heading into this weekend – what what is it? Is there a player that you wanna that you wanna throw out there? What's your thought here? 
I would have to think it's Hooper. I mean, I know Rob Domofsky reported that he's kind of their top guy. I wouldn't be surprised because, you know, I don't. I just don't know how ready Jay Sternberger is to take that jump from three catches as a rookie and more time as, you know, a backup fullback than a receiving tight end to number one tight end. Yeah. Um, and obviously Jimmy Graham's going to be gone. Mercedes Lewis is a blocker. Robert Tanyan, yeah, he was injured last year, but when healthy, is he is he a number one, one A guy? Probably not. Uh, and like I just said, you see what a dominant receiving tight end can do in this league. I mean, just look at the two teams in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And Austin Hooper was that when healthy last year. Granted, people are saying, you know, someone's going to overpay for him. You know, that was his peak. But what if it's not? Like, if the Packers can get what Austin Hooper gave the Falcons last year, that would be incredible for this offense. So I would have to say him atop their list. Now, could they get outbid? Absolutely. And, you know, I would probably be more surprised if they signed him than if they didn't. But I would think that's probably the most realistic, you know, quote unquote, big fish guy that they'd be going for. Yeah. And free agency is a tax, right? If, if a guy is worth 10 million, you're probably going to have to pay 13 and that's just life. And, and right. at a certain point, you just say, that's fine, because if we get the best version of this guy, he's going to probably be worth it. Right. Matt, thanks for for coming on today. Let my listeners know uh, where they can find more of your work. Just over at The Athletic, at Matt Schneidman on Twitter. Um Always appreciate coming on with you, Peter. It's a pleasure, and stay safe in New York City. I will do my best. Thanks, Matt. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats. You can pick from main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel. That's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. This episode is brought to you by Wise. Progress is great, isn't it? People listen to music on record players, then tapes and CDs, and now you can stream music and podcasts. When technology moves forward, you move with it. Like with Wise, the modern way to move money internationally. It's smarter and simpler. They use new technologies, so when you send, spend, or convert money with Wise, you get a better exchange rate with lower fees. And over 30% of transfers arrive in less time than it takes to listen to this right now. Join over 10 million people and businesses and try WISE for free at wise.com slash podcast. All right, I want to thank Matt again for joining us. Always great to get his perspective. By the time we talk on Monday, um, my expectation is unless signings have leaked, that we will do a show Monday evening. That will let everything play out. The tampering window. I think a lot of people are going to get signed. So don't expect an episode Monday morning. It doesn't make sense 
to record ahead of a day where a lot of news is going to break. This is our preview show. So we will still have a Monday show. It just will not come out Monday morning. It will come out Monday evening. And we will follow that process through next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, just so we're making sure that we're getting all of this stuff as it's happening. And if the Packers make a signing, we will do an emergency pod, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes on the player. And then next week, you know, we can do things like have interviews, have some input from, you know, if the Packers sign Austin Hooper, let's talk to Aaron Freeman from Locked On Falcons and figure out what kind of player Austin Hooper is. If, you know, if Corey Littleton is the guy, we've got, you know, myriad options of who to talk to, you know, Locked On Rams, whoever it is, we'll get people to talk about and bring to you some insight on these players. So a reminder, wash your hands, wash your butt. Wash your hands, wash your butt, man. That's it. And stay safe. Follow the follow directions. And uh, hopefully we will get through this together. Follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do it. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. <laughs>